Welcome to 2020 Vision, a podcast today only about the Iowa caucus. <laughs> I'm your host, Arya Tusi. Okay, screw that. I'm also your host, Miliana Boche. That's what you're supposed to say. I know, but if you start with just saying I'm your host, it kind of gives We a... are your hosts. Thank you. Arya Tusi. And Miliana Boche. And today we're going to be talking, like I said, only about Iowa. Like, All right. This is going to get cut. You're not cutting the, the thing right. I correct you for your no, fragile masculinity, right? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Great, let's get started. Yeah. Um, so Iowa um, sucks. Let's, Caucusing wait. sucks. Um, I would just like to start by yeah. saying that at the time of recording this episode, it, oh, is, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. At 8, 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still don't have the results. We really. don't. Uh, there are about 62% reported. Um, and we don't know when the rest will come. So we're going to just go off that. I'd like to start with a fun anecdote. Today <coughs> at lunch, all my friends are politics majors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you get when you right, go to right, college. Right, right, right. Same, same. Right. So we're chatting about this. And at this point, none of the results have come out. They came out. 62% came out at 5 p.m. on Tuesday, and then the rest are slated to come out later tonight. But at the meal, we are talking about who could possibly win, and I have a lot of Bernie supporters on my team. Right, right. It's NYU. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we ended up getting to this point where I have a friend who goes, yeah, but Pete Buttigieg is really up there with him. And at this point, I would just like to mention that last night, so Monday night, Pete Buttigieg assumed victory. Yes. Before when when we were at zero percent of precincts reporting, he assumed victory. And I have a friend who goes, "Well, what if he just predicted it? What if he actually won?" Well, what he's a fucking psychic. Oh, I can't swear. Um, what? So he's a psychic. Well, the Buttigieg team is so uh, advanced in their uh, in their polling that they kn- they just knew. I guess they did because at <laughs> this point, Pete Buttigieg is first. He's at twenty six point nine percent. Yep, behind him is Bernie Sanders at 25%. They're roughly 30 delegates apart, like 30 people who have voted in the caucuses. Right. After that, we have Elizabeth Warren, who's at 18%. Joe Biden, who's at, at 15. 15. Unbelievable. He's at he's in fourth. Yeah, I mean, that's lovely. I mean, I mean, it's it he's he got rinsed. Uh, it, it's a big blow to the to the Biden campaign. Um, right before this uh, episode, we were talking to someone who mentioned that. Although we're really looking at Iowa right now, it's important to consider the national stage. And nationally, there are only two, maybe three candidates that are truly viable to win the nomination. Right. And at this point, nobody below Biden matters. Yeah. And to think that Biden was the top contender nationally, but is fourth. I mean, in he's Iowa, still he's still polling the top nationally. It's just that he he got he got fourth place in Iowa, and it's a very good predictor historically of who wins the nomination. Yes. Uh, below him, uh, it's irrelevant. But exactly. basically, we have Klobuchar, Yang. Steyer has four people who voted for him. Cory Booker four, has one. Four delegates or four? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, not four delegates. Four caucusers. We'll talk four about that Four caucusers later. total. Well, uh, yeah, yeah we, we should explain how the caucus process works. But let's finish talking yeah, about yeah, this first. Yeah. Uh, he has four caucuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has four caucusers. Yeah. And Cory Booker has one. Yeah. He Wait. dropped out weeks ago. Yeah, he does. Um. I saw someone. Uh, I saw a tweet where someone was uh, coxing for um, Bennett. I, I forgot about him completely. Um, but yeah, he got zero. Um, yeah, I matter. had to look him up. Yeah, we have definitive results. Donald Trump won the Republican oh. Iowa caucus. Oh, you know, I was really thinking Bill Weld might pull it off, but um, and he did get two percent. So. He did. He did. He got one delegate. So Joe Walsh got zero. Let's just talk about it. So, the importance of Iowa. Bill Weld, that one percent. And that's the momentum he needs. That is the momentum he needs. Uh, Donnie, you got to watch out. I mean, I would just. Weld's keep, coming for yeah. you. 
going off of Bill Weld, if you want to learn more about him, let me just plug our previous episode where we talk only about Republican candidates. That was a fun one. But right now we're going to talk about why Iowa. As I mentioned, all we can talk about right now is Iowa. What do we care about this small state in the middle of nowhere? It's the first caucus. It's the first. It's the first one. Um, it's the first primary selection process, and they don't have <clears> – <throat> They are special. They're one of the few states that does not have a election for the primary. They have a caucus. And what is a caucus? Let's explain that. Okay, so you have two different ways that you can that a state can elect a nominee. So the first is a primary, which is very simple. It is exactly what it's it sounds election. like. It's an election. It's basically like electing your president, except the pre stages. It's a winner takes all election. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> then we have the caucus, which is a fun little game that in any other country would be regulated, but in the United States, it's, it's a free for all. Exactly. It's a free for all. I, I think the best description for it is it's like, as we described in one of our earlier episodes, uh, uh, runoff voting. It's basically a real time runoff election with only two rounds. Uh, that's confusing. I would like to explain it a little bit differently yeah. for people who. Well, well, I don't know. I'm going to go into the steps of what actually goes on. Yeah. If you really want to picture it, if anyone has seen Mean Girls or walked into a high school cafeteria. It's like you have everyone standing in corners, and they're all yelling at the freshmen to go sit with them. Yes. Um, That's a pretty good picture. If you watch a video, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, So what happens is – so, like, there are caucuses of – there are basically groups of people who support a candidate. And what you do is, you know, normally when you vote in in an election, you go to wherever the center is, and you vote. But instead of doing that, they go to the center, and they go into their groups for their candidates, and then there are the undecideds. And then they caucus with the people that they get convinced to go to. And then they count those people up. And then they do what's called the uh, – they figure out who's still viable. And uh, basically that means that – it basically means that they, they drop the candidates, the caucuses for the candidates that uh, don't have enough to win. Okay. So going back off to what Arya said, I personally thought it was a little bit confusing to use the word caucus as a verb if you don't know what a caucus right. is. Okay. So yeah, basically what they mean by caucus is that they are just... They stand together. They stand together in one corner of the room and they are vying for their personal candidate. And they're trying to convince the people in the middle that their candidate is the candidate for them. So basically it is like 101 persuasive public speaking. That's exactly what these people are doing and they're trying to get them. And the whole the whole appeal of this is that it's supposed to be a more community thing. And some have said that the fact that it's a caucus in Iowa is one of the reasons why it's the first state because it is more uh, like cinematic than just an election. But going off of what Arya said about the viable candidates, once everyone is in their corners and they're supporting their candidate, there's an initial count and everyone looks. And in this case, you'd say, oh, hey, um, Biden has almost the most. Buttigieg has almost the most. Bernie has almost the most. In this location, Klobuchar has four people. Right. In that case, she's not considered a viable candidate. And the people who would be on Klobuchar's side would once again be undecided. And then the other candidates would have to convince them that theirs is a better option than Klobuchar was. Yeah, and also the fact that there were so many candidates running in this election definitely made that much more complicated this time. Viable candidates is almost never a problem in caucuses because mm-hmm. usually there's only two that are truly viable. And there's like a clear answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one important thing to note about caucuses is that in each location, it's not a winner takes all. Mm-hmm. They will based on the exact criteria for numbers, which varies based on location, that person will get a certain number of people from that location and they'll split it up uh, like proportionally. And then they'll, so the, yeah, they'll give them delegates based on how the caucuses distribute. 
That's why Tom Steyer, someone who has not won a majority anywhere, still has four delegates. Right. Um, please don't include that. Um, it was a rather lengthy. Um. <coughs> um, let's see. So, going back, the software. The what? The software. The app. The okay, whole can thing. Can we finish talking about yes. Iowa in general? Yeah. So the reason that Iowa is so big is not only is it the first, not only is it super ceremonial through the caucuses, but it's also seen where many candidates who were initially unheard of really rocket off into their careers. Mm -hmm. Iowa is a big media show, and candidates like Obama in, o in 08, who are completely unheard of prior to Iowa, mm -hmm. if they do well in Iowa, that can almost set up a presidential victory. And I mean, I, I remember I said this a few weeks ago, Obama in 2008 was not even polling in like the top five um, but then after that, he did so well that he became a frontrunner. Exactly. That's why I made a comment earlier, and I think it's an important statement to share here today. But I personally could not make a prediction of who would win Iowa. Mm -hmm. But once we know who wins Iowa, any prediction will be easy. Yes, yes. Um, because historically speaking, there is a very, very strong precedent. I, I believe it's broken only by 20, the 2016 primary, where the 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 person who wins the Iowa caucus wins the primary. The only exception to that that I know of was 2016. Was 2016? Won. Yeah. She won. She won. So so Iowa. it is 100. percent Yeah. Uh, Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire by a landslide. But, oh, that's what I was thinking of. Right, right. But Hillary one. won Iowa, <clears throat> but only by a very close margin, which has a lot of people thinking that Bernie should have been the candidate. That's right. a question for another day. Right. Though. Um. Bernie. So here is what's special about this Iowa caucus. That's so much fun. Right. So every every election, every four years when there's an election. Oh, my gosh. Congrats. And there's Iowa. an Iowa caucus. Every four years. Right. Every four years when there's an election and there's an Iowa caucus, I always think, oh, there's the, the there's a caucus. And I always forget how terrible it is because it is usually a very badly run thing, um, very inefficient and disorganized. And this year it was exceptionally inefficient and disorganized. The reason that he's saying that is because of the way results come in. Yes. So in an Iowa caucus... Every single year except for now, the results are taken by hand and then sent in via phones to the main DNC to the, to in the Iowa. Iowa DNC, yeah. And then they release the results all at once, which, if you are following politics like we were last night, tends to be rather exciting because all the results come in at once right. rather than incrementally as they do in primaries. Right. So what was happening this time was – so last – in 2016 – both the Republicans and the Democrats use the same software for reporting the results of, of, of precincts, and it worked fine. This year, uh, the Republicans also used that same software that they were using before, and it worked fine. Um, I mean, they had their work cut out for them. But this year, the Democrat, the, the, the DNC in Iowa, decided to use a new software for reporting results, and uh, it failed miserably. Apparently, according to a statement from the Iowa DNC, um, the data collection aspect of this app worked fine, but the data um, reporting part of putting the data in the database was not functioning correctly. It was leaving out a lot of data, and that's why there was such a huge delay, and that's why we still don't know all the precincts' results. Going off of that, there's another reason why there's a huge delay, and that's because due to the accusations that there was uh, foreign tampering in the 2016 election, this year the DNC wanted to be extra careful and asked each location to send three separate counts. So these separate counts would be to ensure that there was no miscounting, there was no tampering whatsoever, and to make sure that the uh, 
what's the word for like the quality control yeah they wanted to make sure that the election was being held to the utmost quality that it could be and that it wasn't being tampered with however very few locations were trained on which locations to send which software to use and what scores to send which also added another delay that the software couldn't even have predicted itself Right. And um, there were also uh, other things that were being unearthed by, you know, some journalists while this was happening. Uh, apparently, the uh, the people who judge campaign has uh, given money to the company that developed this app. And the CEO and a lot of the executives, the e-board of this company, uh, has publicly supported him. Um, and also, as we said earlier, he declared victory before it became public. So maybe he's not a psychic. Maybe he's just using his money in the right resources. Right. <laughs> which will get us to a different point about buying elections, but... Oh, my, my rant on Bloomberg is coming. No, please not super My long. rant on Bloomberg yeah. is coming. But to wrap up Iowa, basically as we stand right now, we read the results earlier tonight, we are still waiting on 40% of the results to come in. Right now, Buttigieg is first, but only slightly. However, the 62% that have been reported are mainly from rural areas, which tend Smaller to favor precincts. Buttigieg, given his Midwest small town vibe. Right. But the scales will probably tip in Bernie Sanders' favor as the night progresses. And another one last point about the caucus system itself, uh, why I don't like it. Um, it's not not only is it inefficient and disorganized, it. We, OK, so we already have issues in this country with um, voter disenfranchisement and people not being able to make it to elections for, you know. Reasons that are, are manufactured um, because, you know, they, they have work, they have things. And there are a lot of places in this country where uh, people who are uh, lower income voters, it is made intentionally harder for them to vote. Now, the caucus system exacerbates this because you have to be there for the entire time. It's not like you just show up, vote, and leave like you do with a normal election. You have to dedicate your entire day to this. Um, and for a lot of people, that's not an option. Um, and this also exacerbates an, another issue that people have with Iowa being the first state to primary. And it is the, uh, the demographics aspect. Iowa is over 90% white. Uh, it is one of the least diverse states in the entire country. It's also the only state that does not allow felons to vote for life. 4% of the population of Iowa is black, but 26% of their prison population is black. So we have a problem that is threefold. It is the caucus system itself does not allow everyone to have a good chance of voting. And we saw that because turnout was only 16%, which, by the way, was a, a record high, um, which bodes well for the Democrats in the future. The fact that the demographics of the of the state are skewed and the, the whole thing about the the prison demographics that skews it even further which lends some questioning to whether or not whether or not the amount of media attention it gets is valid enough for it to be the first state so this state that has almost no racial diversity that has virtually no age diversity in terms of people who show up to vote and that in most ways does not represent mainstream america right basically determines the winner of the primaries yes no problem I, don't, I really don't see an issue with that. No, not at all. I don't think anyone would. And here's the biggest issue. The DNC actually wrote in its rules that Iowa must be first. It was naturally made first. Like, it was just a process that happened naturally because they wanted to get the media attention, and they believed that Iowa would never get the media attention if uh -huh. they didn't go first. However, because it became kind of this standing tradition that Iowa would always go first, it became codified as almost a way to capitalize on the media attention that politics right. would get during that time. And then... Specifically in those codifications, it says that no state can go before Iowa, whether it's a primary or a caucus. Mm -hmm. 
And it's also worth mentioning that Iowa is one of the only states that caucuses, Mm -hmm. if not the only state that continues to do so in this 2020 round. A lot of states have uh, switched their caucuses to elections. Here's what we're going to end on today. This episode was a very relaxed version of what our rant looked like prior to recording. Yeah, yeah. We were we were we were here for a while. But there are some important things that you need to know looking forward about our episodes, even if they'll have already happened by the time this episode airs. First of all, on Friday, so this just this past weekend, there was a New Hampshire debate, which is really setting up the New Hampshire primary that's going to be this coming Monday. An important thing to note, which Bloomberg grant will be coming with that episode. It will episode, be coming. Stay tuned. Um, the DNC changed the rules for the debates, which initially require you to have fundraising from all 50 states. That way it shows that your demographic is wide. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed it to just having a certain amount of money overall, which is great for Bloomberg because he has a very limited amount of demographics, amount of people who want to vote for him. But he does uh, have he a lot a of money. a ton of money. So he will be on the stage uh, for the first time. Yang will also be on the stage, even though he wasn't on the stage last time. There will surely be important updates to come with that. And as we just mentioned, the New Hampshire primary will be on Monday, which is the second most important uh, election Mm -hmm. cycle. And it will probably fix or clarify a lot of the issues that we're seeing with the Iowa caucus right now. Yeah. Um, And definitely by the time that happens we will have a very clear picture and uh very good predictions for what to see for the rest of the primary of course as always i'm liliana boucher and i'm aria tusi and this has been 2020 vision i can't say what's after us because we haven't finalized the grid yet but there is something coming after us so stay tuned for that if you're listening on the .org stream otherwise you're listening to wmyu streaming worldwide on wmyu.org we'll see you next week Welcome back for the update. The rest of this episode was recorded on Tuesday evening. um, And at that point, as we said, we only had a portion of the Iowa caucus results. But now, on Sunday morning, we have all of them. As I said, the the rest of this episode was recorded on Tuesday evening. um, But we didn't have all the results from Iowa yet. And I'm here with, you might remember him, former guest host Aiden Hoffman, to talk about the actual results. So Finally. Well, uh, all of them, as in before they're going to re-canvas it all. But I'm sorry, what? Aren't they re-canvassing? Can you go in depth on that? So, I believe uh, Tom Perez, the DNC chair, called for a re-canvas of the results because of how close controversial and close everything was. Okay, because now we have 99% of precincts reporting. That puts Buttigieg at... 26.2 of the vote and 13 delegates, but Bernie Sanders has 26.1%. The actual vote count is two points low, like two individual votes lower. Like caucus votes, not like individuals. Yeah, you yeah. Know. <clears throat> but he only has 12 delegates. Interesting. Yeah. See, I was, I hadn't uh, checked to see the counts for what delegates they would get. I, for some reason, assumed if their vote percentages were that close mm-hmm. they would have received the same number um well because they were tied for a long time that it was this whole caucus was just yeah absolutely wild i mean any other election i, I think i think it's fair to have a to have a re-canvas because any other election gets a recount if it's with if it's this close the results yeah especially with all the delays and, yeah which were probably to some extent 
exacerbated by the whole idea of a 24-hour news cycle mm-hmm. where the TVs are constantly on, everyone is constantly talking about something. And I, I saw, uh, I was having a conversation with someone and they said the thing they found most striking about it wasn't necessarily the caucus itself, but how people on like cable news were reacting to Mm -hmm. it because whenever you set aside a block of time to talk about a thing a thing you need to talk about something that's related to the thing and then you don't have that there's no news yeah you just sort of what what do you do if you if if you have three hours to talk about the iowa caucuses and then you there's nothing there's no results to talk about you just have you keep saying over and over again this is so weird this is this is crazy which it is strange but I feel like it might have been sort of really, really amped up by the fact that the only thing they had to talk about was the fact that they had nothing to talk about. Yeah. And so that maybe propelled it into the into more of a national story than it might have been. It it might have been because it is a very close primary race with a bunch of a ton of different personalities yeah. running. But I thought it was interesting to note that. 